Well, I'm so happy to see all of you here, and I'd love to welcome all of our visitors by name, but I don't think I can do it, because there's a lot of people I see that are coming in from near and far, and it's so great to have you all here. And there's two in particular that I want to welcome. One I'm sure you noticed right away as we were coming in, and that is my new friend, Bishop Sibby, who is from the Diocese of Atape in Papua New Guinea. And the good bishop is with us all weekend. This year, he is here as our Mission Appeal uh, visiting priest, and he will have the homily this coming Sunday. So you'll get to see more of Bishop Sibby here over the next couple days. But it is just such an honor to get to welcome him, to get to celebrate this Mass with him, and to have him here with us on the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart, which is so nice. So if you join me in welcoming Bishop Sibby. I'm really excited to hear what he has to say this weekend as well, because from our conversation so far, I think we're all in for a very big treat. The other person I want to welcome, you just saw a moment ago, and he read the first reading. He is our summer seminarian, and you may be thinking, wait a second, he was already assigned to us once before, and that is true. But this time, we loved him so much, we asked if we could have him for the whole year. So Luke Martin is back with us again. And I was going to say before, you know, I'm sure when you came in, I knew what you were all thinking. Geez, Father, we couldn't have put out at least a couple of candles for this Mass. And the funny thing is, like, well, Luke is here, and Luke likes candles. And I don't say no when someone says, Father, can we put, a lot of, put out a lot of candles for our big patronal feast? Yes. Yes, we can. And so, you know, he's still obeying rule number two. Don't light the church on fire. It's still very much contained, and we're in good shape. But I have to tell you, you know, Luke got here just over three weeks ago, the week before school let out. And it was so great. You know, it's, it's a tough thing normally with these seminarian summer assignments because typically they get here right when school's over and they leave right before school starts again. And as any of you know, I mean, the school year makes a big difference. This place looks very different when school is not in session. Well, he was here Thursday, actually it was the day of the big play, and came in and asked if he could go around and see everybody. I said, of course, that'd be great. And I was so proud of him because at the end of the day, our one and only famous Coach Epps came up to tell me just how awesome Luke is. I'm like, man, the guy's been here for like 15 minutes. Look at this. And he was saying that, you know, immediately, like he came in, wanted to see what was going on, and dove right into playing soccer with the second graders and I think with the third graders. And to my knowledge, he didn't beat them too bad. So that was really good. Um, but no, I think they had a really good time together. But the reason why I bring that up today is I really appreciate that. I appreciate the stories Bishop Sibby has been telling me about his people in Papua New Guinea. And the beautiful thing is with both of them, it's just like diving right in to be with the people, like right, right there. And the thing I love with Luke, like right, he's all dressed up, he's ready to go, and yet not afraid to break a sweat to make a good impression with the second graders and get right in there and play to the point that Coach Epps notices and makes a point to tell me. And that's so beautiful because you look at what we celebrate in this feast, right? The fact that we have a God who's not afraid to dive right in, 
who wants to be a part of everything. And the beauty of this feast, I mean, you think about the timing. It's kind of funny, right? It's never on the exact same calendar date. I think next year this feast is on June the 7th. Just so you're aware, it's coming a little bit earlier next year. Last year, I think it was like the 24th. It's always, if you're ready for this, the Friday after Corpus Christi. What's Corpus Christi? The second Sunday after Pentecost. So it's funny because when you look at the whole big liturgical year, right? We have been going with the great big feast of the incarnation all the way back to the first Sunday of Advent, preparing to celebrate Christmas. You know, when God who became incarnate in the womb of our blessed mother, you know, is born in the little town of Bethlehem, is a baby in a manger, grows up, is in the mix of things, right? Like, cures blind people by making clay with his spit and rubbing it in their eyes to, like, help them to see, being there with them, eating with them, drinking with them, talking with them. Doesn't matter who they are, you know, the lepers and the clean, you know, the the Pharisees and the folks who had been away from church for a long time. He's there in the midst with everybody and is not even afraid to enter into discourse, to disagreements, in overcoming. People are coming at him with ill will. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. In fact, he's not afraid to get his hands pierced to the very point that he will give everything to show how much he loves us. So much so that that love cannot be contained by the grave. He's risen from the dead. And of course, the church shows us with 50 days of celebration of Easter that that is the ultimate reality, that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and that he remains among us. And that's why even after Easter, it's like, okay, the church is like, all right, we just spent 50 days, but it's still not quite enough. We got to reflect on the Trinity. We got to reflect on the Eucharist. And it's like, okay, before we get into, we get back to ordinary time on Sunday, one more. We got one more solemnity. And it's this day. It's this Friday, which is kind of like the exclamation point on the whole year. And what is it? It's the very name of our parish, the place, that the, the name that was given that we have named this whole body, this, this beautiful person that is our parish of all of us coming together is this family is named for his sacred hearts, named for this very image that our Lord has given us to show us that his love is not distant, to show us that his love is not impersonal, but very personal, to show us that his love is not afraid of not only getting his hands dirty, but just like his hands, is not afraid of having his heart pierced. He loves us so much and stays in the midst of all of this with us. And it's so it's like the church says, okay, one more time before we move into ordinary time, here's the exclamation points. Meditate on the love of Christ, which is the sacred heart. And it's one of those things that's so hard to sum up in words, right? So hard to say in, in just a few words all about how much God loves us. And that's why he wants to show us. I mean, the only other better way I know how to put it is from one of our wonderful graduates from the school who always used to know how in the midst of our school masses, when I'd start asking questions, she knew how to derail it because she would like be at the point that I was trying to get to 15 minutes later. I'd start with like, hey, what was your favorite thing you got 
that for Christmas. And she would come back with, we just had a new baby sister and she's taught me how to make self-sacrifice and love. And I would say, here's the microphone because I can't say anything better. Well, Kennedy Goodman said, her big quote was, hey, smile, Jesus loves you. Okay, like you can't do a whole lot better than that, right? Now, I'm not talking about a forced smile here, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, what we celebrate in this great feast is the reality of the fact that he does love us to the point of laying it all down for us in every possible way and continuing to show that throughout the ages to this very moment that we are not left all by ourselves. And so we celebrate that. We rest in that. As he says in this beautiful gospel, come to me all you who labor and are burdened and I will give you rest. And the beautiful thing too is that he exclaims, giving praise to his father, that he's hidden all these things from the wise and learned, but has revealed them to the little ones. And as we approach like little ones, little ones who trust their loving God, who trust him so much that we are willing to rest in his arms, to trust in the fact that he knows what's going on, to trust in the fact that whatever is happening next, he is with us. And he has the scars to prove it. Those resurrected, redeemed scars that continue to beat with love for us for all eternity. It's a great exclamation point that echoes through the whole year. And I would just say sort of like the second piece of this great feast, as we do move into ordinary time, as we move into our day-to-day lives, is of course, with a love like that, it demands a response that we are called to love him back with all of our hearts. And the good news is, is that as we do that, I mean, life just gets better, right? When we strive to love with all of our hearts, life is a glorious thing. It's when we hold on to resentment. It's when we're at our most selfish, our most greedy, our most lustful. That's when life is the worst. But when we respond with love, when we love him back and show our devotion, and then by that very nature went to love the people that he loves, our brothers and sisters, and remember, all of those created in his image and likeness, which is everyone. He loves them all, and he wants us to love them too. There's also one thing that I mentioned in the opening prayer that was written there, and that's that word, reparation. And it's an important thing, I think, to take to heart on a day like this. Here we are, singing with all we've got, right? We put out a million and a half candles. We have a couple of servers. I wish we had a few more, but you know, whatever. So we're doing our best, right? We're showing that love with all we've got. And it's so beautiful when everybody's singing and we're in this together in this great, you know, just like choir of love. The sad thing is, is there are those out there that don't want to be a part of it. And I don't just mean those that are confused, those that are struggling with different things. We pray for them and strive to bring them in. But there are those, of course, just like at the crucifixion, that spit on him, that yell at him, that demand their own pride against his humility, right? And we know like the Archbishop Brolio, president of the USCCB, Archbishop Gomez of Los Angeles asked, for the church to pray today in reparation for what's going on at Dodger Stadium. Gentlemen dressing up like sisters and calling themselves perpetual indulgence against the fact of perpetual help. And the thing is, what do we do in the face of things like that? How does reparation work? Well, I'll tell you the way I like to think about it is when I have a loved one who has been hurt by someone else that they love, 
when it's a sibling hurting your mom and your dad, right? The best way to do it is not to go to mom and dad and say, brother is terrible. Look at everything brother has done, right? They know what sin is like. They know what it's like to be hurt. What's the best thing to do? To imitate our blessed mother at the foot of the cross. She doesn't yell out in rage. She doesn't, you know, punch the guy with a lance or the one with the hammer. She stands there and she loves him. And she loves him till the end. And notice, before he dies on the cross, he gives her to the beloved disciple. My friends, that beloved disciple didn't give his actual name. He said, beloved disciple, that all of us may step in there to have her help to live out that love in the world. Because to act in a prideful, angry, acting out, rage-filled sort of a way in the face of all sorts of insanity just as to use the same weapons of the enemy. We pray for the reparation of poor sinners. Why? Because we want them to experience this love too. And we also want to make reparation to the one that loves them so much, that wants them to be at the party too, wants them to enter into the peace. And so what part do we have to play? Just like our blessed mother, we are called to stand and to love to give our devotion to our Lord, to pray for reparation, to pray for reconciliation, to pray that our Lord who poured out his blood for the forgiveness of sins continues to be honored. I am grateful all the time, every day of the year, but especially on this solemnity, as we gather together to honor our Lord, to show him our love. Whether it's a day like today when the church is packed and we're singing and the candles are lit and we just suddenly got a million flowers, which is also awesome, or when I have the great honor and privilege of walking through the church during the day and seeing one person in here showing their love to Jesus Christ. My friends, we are given the opportunity every day to show that love, to make reparation. To say, Lord, I know my brother, my sister, this person, they may be far away. They may be hurling insults at you. I love you. And I'm not saying it in a prideful way to say, look at me, I'm so much better. No, but that I want that love to grow. That I want that love to be a part of everything for all your people across the world. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, we do that in a very special way as we gather tonight. First and foremost, in the Mass, the greatest prayer we can offer. And quite frankly, secondly, by going out and celebrating as a big parish family, having some barbecue, which is a wonderful thing to do, and then getting to watch fireworks together as we celebrate what? The fact of the matter is we are loved. God has shown it so much, continues to show it, continues to invite all into that love. And he's given us our blessed mother to help draw more and more people into that. As we celebrate tonight, as we should, let's tell our Lord that we love him from the bottom of our hearts. Let's ask him for the grace to love the brothers and sisters that he has given us. Those that are easy to love and those that are difficult to love and to ask our Blessed Mother with all of that to show the honor and reverence to her son that we are striving to show tonight, each and every day, and to do our part to draw more and more people into that love all the time. Praise be Jesus Christ.